This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Chisu Kim, and I'm back with another season and another episode. And this season, well, let's start with this episode. This episode is an introduction to the upcoming season and this season is on a very important place in Montreal a very important soccer facility called Catalonia Soccerplex and for those who know know this place very intimately especially if you played football in Montreal you've played at this place at least once in your life whether you're from North Montreal or East End or even from the greater Montreal area you've played at Catalonia Soccerplex at least once in your life if not, you've driven past it on your way to the airport because if depending where you're com- coming from, you always drive past it on the way to the airport. And and for those who don't know, uh, at the time of this recording, I think it's its last week in operation. Actually, no, it's not its last week in operation. It's still up, but it has canceled all soccer activities with whatever league it was partnered with. So no more soccer happening. I think they might book feel odd fields here and there but i'm pretty sure soccer there is done there's an upstairs gym where people could still go work out but that is done by june effectively this place is is closing down and and so in honor of catalonia soccerplex i've decided to make a podcast season about this place and why it's so important and talk to the people who have stories about this place and and like i guess to give you a bit of background story as to what's happening with this place you're hearing about um if you're if you're not if you're unaware of about so- catalonia soccerplex it's uh it's closing down as i've alluded to and after over 20 years of existence catalonia had finally sold its property to a real estate developer or real estate development group called claria and their plans is to tear down catalonia soccerplex and make it into drumroll into condos yes more condos so exciting yes more condos make money gentrify yes 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 we all love that (laughs) um but yeah but i mean i can't blame them uh people the housing market's hot in terms of business it makes sense the catalonia group they've owned this place for since uh, 2001 and they can no longer upkeep they can no longer afford the upkeep of running Catalonia Soccerplex. I think I was in a Montreal Gazette where they said that they had to sell the property due to insolvency, meaning they could they can no longer pay its debts, which is really unfortunate. It's really sad to see such an important institution go away for those reasons, but that's life. What I love about all of this in a weird twisted way is that the one thing that the soccer community in Montreal absolutely loves with all its heart is now being torn down for condos. I find that hilarious because that just seems it's such a meme at this point. Anything that's anything new being built up is often it's not always a community center, it's just more condos. And it's so typical of our generation of what's happening right now that it's kind of just a meme to me. It's like, oh, of course they're building more condos. Yeah, we need more. But then again, the population in Canada is increasing quite dramatically. So maybe there's an argument to be said we need more living space. However, if it's affordable, great. If it's not affordable, that's a different question. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Point is, it's becoming condos. <laughs> and what's also funny is that it's in a very... This part of Montreal called La Chine is a... It's a working class city or working class borough. And now I'm... And 
to see gentrification happening in Lachine is kind of a I never thought it would happen and I think it's kind of interesting and you know it's happening but it is what it is so anyway going back to the question as to why is it's why is Catalonia Soccerplex the most important soccer institution in Montreal well let's kind of go let's in this introduction let me just give you a brief history of the place and explain why it matters a lot to people like me and to soccer players in the city it opened in 2001 and it was the first soccer specific facility in the greater Montreal area it had an outdoor pitch and an indoor pitch and in the outdoor pitch in the winter season they'll put up a dome and at the time in the early 2000s those inflatable domes over over soccer fields or football or football fields that was novel that was new that was something that no one has ever seen I remember not too long ago, maybe like five, six years ago, I took a picture of of uh, the Stinger Dome at Concordia. I took a picture of that dome and I had friends in Europe messaging me saying, wow, that's we don't have that here, depending on what part of Europe. I th- I, I was a friend in, in the Netherlands at the time. She was telling me, it's like, we don't have that here. And she found that quite unique. And I told her, like, we need this because it's cold. <laughs> but yeah, so Catalonia was one of the first places to, like, let's say, pioneer this dome soccer and and the indoor facility was great it had a bar it had a cafe it had it has a, se- a second floor where there's a gym and there's also a hummus a hummus company on the second floor now where they just make a lot of hummus and it was a real community space i think that's the most important thing catalonia was a real community space if you're there to play soccer you're there to meet your friends your teammates and just have fun or be in a very competitive environment and there was locker rooms downstairs and it just it was showers it felt a very like a very real sporting facility and if you weren't there to play fo- football then you're just meeting other people who weren't there to play football and you just kind of bonded over that there's so many times where i'd go and there'd be parents that would have their kids in their youth academies and the parents would just be chilling on the side watching the kids play or they'll be having drinks at the bar i don't know how what kind of parent would no anyway i'm not judging. i'm not here to judge a parent <laughs> um but going back to the whole community thing, what was beautiful about the place was you get to play and there was a bar with decent food and you get to go to the bar and just reinforce those connections with your teammates, you know, and it was great. You know, it was one of the things I always look forward to after my game it was like, hey, guys, let's go get a beer. Let's hang out and just chill out. And then they had a terrace by the bar in the summer, in the summer season. And that terrace looks uh, looks over the outdoor pitch. So you could be having a beer and watching, you know, people play it's like it's it's great it was really great and catalonia was also the home of many clubs and varsity teams it was the home of one of montreal's biggest club leagues one of the biggest club leagues uh laxe louis i played there for a season at a mixed experience uh also the canadian women national team trained here at catalonia soccer plex once upon a time and this also used to be the training facility facility of the montreal impact in a pre-mls era so this place was like it was important. It was unique, and you know, and everyone used it because everyone understood what it was. Every soccer player in the city played at Catalonia Soccerplex, all, and all who came through its doors has a story. And let me share mine. I guess uh, my first time going, I think it must have been two thousand eight, maybe earlier. I I don't quite remember the year. I remember being winter, and I remember the Korean League. We had booked fields there. And in the Korean League was only active in the summer, and in the winter time we just book fields and just play friendly matchup, uh, friendly matches against each other. No real league structure. We'll just come every Sunday, and then every Sunday night or every Saturday night, and we'll just play amongst ourselves. And it was fun. It was a great time. But I remember, 
I actually no, that must have, that was not the first time. I was much younger actually. I was a teenager around 2008. I was a kid the first time I went to Catalonia Soccerplex, and I remember going in as a kid. I forget. I think, I think I was going there not to play but to watch the Impact Train. I think that's what it was. I, I my 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 memory is uh, a little fuzzy here, but I remember going and I remember being in awe and almost in intimidated by the space because it was just like everyone just felt so big i was a kid so of course but like everyone felt so big and everyone felt really good at what they did like everyone was good at soccer it was the first time i've seen female players play f football i grew up in a very i guess Kore i grew up in old school korean uh korean community where it was like the gender distinction and roles were quite defined now it's not the same of, of course but like at the time, it was like, men play sports, the women didn't play sports. It wasn't that we didn't allow women to play sports, there just wasn't a space for it. But now now it's different. But at the time, that's kind of the mindset I had. So seeing other women play football and be really good at it, I was really impressed. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I already saw female players on TV. I didn't realize they did it in real life. It sounds so dumb saying it out loud, but that's where my mind was at. I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And... That was my first time, and I just loved it, and I was also intimidated by the place. And then when I came back as a teenager, I just felt like I had this feeling that I had to prove myself, that I deserved to play here. That I had, it, it's a weird thing, but it was just, I don't know, I just saw so much of myself as a soccer player that I felt like I belong here and I deserve to be here. And then I started going regularly with my current team that I play with now. We would go to the Wednesday night after hours uh, pickup sessions. It was $10 Wednesday nights. Ten dollars, uh, first come first serve. You pay the guy at the door ten bucks, and then you he puts you on a field and you just play pickup with random people. And people and at first it was like there was a good amount of people, and then it got to a point where there was just tons of people and people were fighting to, to to get field time. And luckily my friend knew a guy who knew a guy, so we were able to like kind of get our way in, which was very nice. But those were formative years in terms of my impression of Catalonia. And it never never crossed my mind that this place will ever disappear. None of us have. So when they announced it, I think 2021 or 2022, when they announced that Catalonia was sold and it will eventually become condominiums, it, just it shocked everyone. It really did. And that's why I had to record the season, not just record the season, but to write about it. I decided to write a story on the Dar Darby Magazine uh, website, darbymag.com, in the journal section, I decided to write a story about Catalonia and what it means to the Montreal soccer community. And so this podcast season is in, it's an accompagnement. <laughs> it's accompanied, rather. It's accompanied with that article that I wrote for Darby Magazine. And, and the interviews I included in that story come from this podcast season so i interviewed three players three uh, teammates of mine um, marianne Leia, and bianca did all of them who i played with together in my co-ed division and the co-ed team that i play on and it's honestly one of my favorite teams i play with because we're all just honestly we all get along really good chemistry and i realized that we're all got just kind of a bunch of nerds that just love playing soccer <laughs> i think that's what it is <laughs> but but yeah so i decided to talk to those three because i thought They've been playing together for a long time, and they've also have a long history with Catalonia Soccerplex, and and I also mainly because I love talking to them off the field, so that's the one of the main reasons why I brought them in. And also, I decided to maybe I'll try something different for myself, 
and for this podcast to have a season just with women. So these teammates are also my friends, and I became curious about their experience with Catalonia. So I decided to speak to them because I knew they had been playing at Catalonia almost well since the beginning, since it opened. And what I find interesting about Catalonia is that, especially in relation to Maria and Lea Bianca, they all sort of, they've all known each other maybe outside of、uh, Catalonia, but they've all still came through the doors of Catalonia and all met. All their stories kind of converge at this one spot. And that is not unique to them. That is the story of every single player on the island of Montreal and and in the greater Montreal area. That all of everyone's stories kind of all converge to Catalonia, and that's where they all meet. And it's you know I I find that fascinating because that's that's real community. That's a real community. And if there's one criticism I have about my own season, I'm just gonna be transparent. I wish I had explored and dug in deeper into what it means to be a woman in sports. I kind of scratched the surface. I felt like I could have gone deeper, but I was so focused on talk on talking about Catalonia that I almost I don't want to say ignore, but perhaps overlooked what it means to be a woman in sports or a woman in soccer. But I think that might be best to leave it for, for a separate season on its own, dedicated to that subject. But that being said, I am self aware, and that is something I would like to be transparent with all of you. And also, I am learning as I go, and. I mean, what I mean by that is, I am learning as I go as a podcaster, as interviewer, I suppose, and as a writer, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call me.、Um, but at the end of the day, I spoke to these three ladies as my fellow players, but not just as a fellow player. Actually, just as a player, as just my teammates, but above all, just as my friends. That's how I spoke to them. I hope you enjoyed this brief intro to Catalonia Soccerplex, and I hope you enjoy the f- the next three episodes with Lea, Mary, and、um, well, Marianne first, Lea, and then Bianca. Anyway, to all those listening, I hope you enjoy the season, and I hope you enjoy the stories that come out with the three with the three next interviews. So, from Montreal, the Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>